0: and welcome everybody to another live and amplified jam session i'm your host tom quiet we are back 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 at it again we have a full and i mean a fucking full podcast for you today a full jam session we have our jam session we have our fan feedback artist of the week and we have the return of our cover song of the week so It's all very long, so I'm sure we're probably going to be pushing two and a half hours again this week, so I'm going to keep a lot of the in-between stuff short because I'm just not sure I don't want to keep the length of this podcast super long again because, you know, I I don't want to be that that guy. I don't want to be that podcast host. I don't want to keep you here forever, so we are going to jump right, right, right into it, so today we have for our jam session we have a young man he is from california i was introduced to him i believe a couple of months ago through our contact at mxl i had sent him an email and said hey we're doing a live performance concert during the covid19 pandemic um do you have any uh musicians that you work with through mxl that might be interested Because we'd like to try and bring in a uh, different feel, different vibe, you know, bring in different musicians that we really don't usually work with. So I was introduced to Casey Yale uh, through that. And it took us some time after that to kind of get on the same wavelength and get our schedules synced up and find time to actually uh, work together. And I think a couple of weeks ago, he reached out about wanting to get on the podcast. And it originally was going to just be one of our livecasts podcast and morphed into a jam session so that's who we have this week we have a young man by the name of casey yale and let's shut up and jump right into it during this uh global pandemic situation we're kind of running with the punches here we've got a we're starting to do our jam sessions here live on facebook we're doing them remotely it's not the best thing in the world but you know it is what it is we're kind of working with what we got here so we have another Special guest with us here today. We have Casey Yale. How's it going today, Casey?
1: What's going
0: on, Tom? Good to much, on, no. <laughs> so, interesting story. Shout out to Trevor from MXL. That's how we were introduced um, through, I believe he just emailed you and then you emailed me. I believe that's basically how that's it was That's the works. way it went down, yeah. Um, and we were originally trying to get in on one of our uh, um, live uh, concerts that we did last month. And with the time difference things got confusing and you know certain things happened. It's whatever. It is what it is. Um so I'm glad we finally got a chance to get this squared away and we we got on for a podcast. So that's even better, you know.
2: Yeah,
1: love it.
0: So how are things going out in uh, you're based out in LA? How are things going out there? How are things looking?
1: Uh probably like the rest of the world, you know, very confusing. Nobody knows what's going on, but um, you know, yeah. you just could take it one step at a time.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, are you born raised L.A. or did you move to L.A. shortly?
1: I'm from this little mountain town nobody's ever heard of. Okay. Um, it's called Tehachapi. Okay. Yeah. And any yeah, Tehachapi. Yep. Okay. Two hours north from L.A. Okay. It's a whole different place. It's like um, you get any kind of weather any day of the year. And everybody talks like this, okay. so it's like you they just like dropped this southern town in the middle of California, and that's where I was raised and then I came out here to do the rock thing nice,
0: nice um so what originally got you interested in music or g- wanting you to do music?
1: well you know i from a very early age, like from like three or four um I was singing and, and Yeah, I was always singing around the house and stuff like that. Um, And I'd like to sing for relatives and stuff like that. But I think the moment where I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to live the rock and roll life. Um, I went to this summer camp called Power Chord Academy in San Diego. Okay. And it was this crazy thing where they basically put you together with people that had like musical interests and you had to write a song Rehearsed it probably I think 500 times in one week. We rehearsed for hours a day and then we'd take breaks for meals and then go back and rehearse again. And then we filmed a music video, recorded the single and then had a concert at the end of the week. It was insane.
0: So you basically wrote a song and then did a music video all in one week? Yes. Okay, That's that's interesting.
1: Right? Oh, you i can't do that now
0: yeah and, but it so basically you just formed like a little makeshift summer rock band type yeah.
1: thing and, yeah
0: okay um and how did how does how is that experience kind of molded your musicianship how did that kind of help you
1: well it put me right into up until that point i was just writing songs by myself you know okay and so this opened me up to the world of collaboration, which is a game changer in music because you have, have this grand, wonderful idea. And then someone else says, yeah, but what if you do this or you add this or take this away? And now all of a sudden your grand, wonderful idea just became 10 times better if you can listen to the input.
2: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Absolutely. And uh, how old were you when you went and did this uh, like summer camp deal?
1: There was uh I wanna say I was 12
0: or 13. Okay, All right. dang. Making rock songs when you're 12 or 13, <laughs> right? That's, that's pretty intense, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, and it, who would you say some of your uh, musical influences are?
1: Um, yeah, somebody asked me that the other day, and it's a, it's a smorgasbord, so you got, um, where do I begin? Well, first CD was Linkin Park. Okay. Um, I was very into the Warp Tour, pop, punk, stuff like that. Um, As far as hip-hop, my favorite MCs are, at least currently, Kendrick Lamar, Saba, J. Cole, uh, Lecrae. Do you know Lecrae?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Switchfoot's my favorite rock band. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's, you know, it's, For the longest time i didn't realize they were a rock band i thought it was just a song because back in the day when borrowing music wasn't frowned upon as much uh um, what's that limewire yep limewire and all that stuff there i had this song that was called switchfoot and it was just the like i thought that's what the name of the song was i didn't realize that was the name of the band really and so I'm just sitting here, like, loving the song. And any like once I kind of realized I needed to, like, go check out more of the, this music, I just kept typing in Switchfoot. Yeah. And, like, the band would pop up. And I was like, no, there's a song named Switchfoot. Like, what, what is the song? And then, I re- then once I started putting two and two together, I started listening through the catalog. And I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. So <laughs> well,
1: what was the song?
0: oh man this is like a while back i don't even remember at this point um okay yeah it yeah i'll have to go look it up because you're put it i'm pretty sure i have it on my spotify list but i'll have to go look it up really really quick Um, okay but anyway so who what what was it about rock and roll that really spoke to you that made you kind of lean towards that direction
1: um well definitely you know the summer camp thing um you know that was like a dream come true kind of thing you know gosh that's a great question with lincoln park being my first cd and then i was obsessed with good charlotte and green day for a while um i think I think the boldness, definitely the boldness, you know, because now I do pop and hip hop and I still include rock elements within the music. Mm -hmm. And when I say rock elements, it's usually a place of boldness or protest. I think I like, you know, stirring up the pot, um, fighting for what's right kind of stuff, you know? Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Um, And then you also brought in some hip-hop. Is that also influenced in your music as well, a big influence?
1: Yeah. So um, my first rap CD was Eminem. Okay. And then second one was Jay-Z's The Black Album. And then, you know, I listened to a lot of hip-hop and rap without knowing who it was. Cause I wasn't really allowed to listen to hip hop. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to like just listen to it and, and I never knew who anyone is, but if you show me a song, I'm like, Oh yeah, I totally know that song.
0: Yeah. Understood. And would you say that it's heavily influenced your music that you're making today as far as like stylistically?
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, yeah. Cool. Um, but so we're going to have you play some music here in a little bit, but um, where are you kind of creatively right now? Are you working on new music? Are you recording, writing, releasing, promoting? Where are you kind of creatively right now?
1: Yeah, right now, um, it's kind of a bit of everything. It's uh, it's a really busy period because we're releasing, when I say we're, I'm talking about my producer Definitive. We're releasing... A song a week, at oh, the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty busy. So I'm working on lyric videos, music videos, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, playlisting, promoting.
0: Mm. Is the uh, goal to eventually work towards like an EP with all the music, or just constantly releasing singles? And
1: at the moment, just constantly releasing singles. We dropped an EP last year in February.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and it did pretty well but um yesterday the idea was birthed to create a compilation album of all the music that's out already yep. and do a limited edition press yeah
0: i did see that pop up on your facebook this morning when i woke up about doing yeah like a an all songs album or something like so i I don't remember exactly how you worded it but yeah it was essentially what you just said um that's a really cool idea like doing like a collection almost like a collection album how many yeah yeah. how many songs right now would you say that would be
1: uh at the moment that would be about 15 16 songs and then i'm thinking about including some you know stripped down acoustic versions so it'd probably be between 15 20 songs
0: okay so it'd be like a dual disc lp type situation
1: yeah, something like that.
0: Cool. Um, cool. Cool. Uh, do you have a song ready that you wanted to play for us?
1: Yeah, I'd like to uh, start by playing the song that I just released.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Um,
1: yeah, okay, that's- cool. Yeah. This is called Welcome to the War. I'm playing it off of YouTube. So okay. for anybody watching, just type Casey Yale Welcome to the War, and it'll pop up. Without further ado. <laughs>
2: Can, Can you, hear you hear that
3: okay? Yep. To to the world today. This is your Go up, the go. But the dark gate we we'll see the light flow. Cause so lost, so we don't find hope. Putting it the light. Speaking, oh no, oh no. Gonna get a little bit of because we 'cause we're gonna bag in the fast game with the battle. I'm low low. Gonna get a little bit of mad. we 'cause we're gonna grab up to the truth and the face. of a low low. Gonna move a little from the grass we 'cause we're gonna grasp the battles in the mind that's eternal. But we're gonna bring it out anyways, and they never knowing when this battle's eternal. Hold up, let me tell you my story. I got a good reason to say I Don't trust everything in my mind when it's roaring. Found out I'm not the only one. So many people have been so misled just by the thoughts of exploring. Madison, Columbine, Jim Jones, racist whites, convicted, tricked by stars and dads signs. I'm 27 now, and if I'm gone tonight, it's because I told you about the world you've been your whole life. I just figured I'd rap
1: along with it a little bit.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> nice. I said that
1: 27 line, my birthday's at midnight, so. I don't know how nice. long I can say it.
0: Happy birthday
1: to you. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm gonna do a second verse.
3: Okay, so where's distraction come from? i oh, habitats, have that ain't love, like murderous tips and your blend list and urge you don't believe on. Oh. I follow the fake cheese give me money, advantage, and green lost I ain't saying it ain't gene launch, but I got no beef with peons. Tell me the level of this, talk of the devil in this, switching to pedals a bits. I'm down and no covers and drip, moving just fine with the whip. Don't jump on my trip. Tell me your time in your life, couldn't trust none of your mind, acting out right, like everything's far inside. The worst of a you don't know why. But what if you stopped? What if you in look? What if the chance to float and question the quote? besides the we'll vote, but them? with ghosts, but that's like always they don't. And what if you question the source? Well, homie, then welcome to war. Cause the trick is, is trick you, and the thinking is yours. Come now, listen up, dumbfound, all of them. Distractions, politics, fake news, respect, real news, reactions, distractions, distractions. This war we with the Illuminati it's what's trying to cap them. Welcome to the world today. Hands up in a fiery place, all or nothing we were born to say. Welcome to the world today. This is your battleground This is your battle ground.
1: We'll
2: stop
1: it right there, why not? How'd the voice come in over the music? Was that all right?
0: Yeah, it was good. It was definitely right, good. Cool. Uh, um, and for whatever reason, I can always probably just take the YouTube recording and dub it over if I have to. If I have to. Okay. Yeah, if for whatever reason that the audio just didn't come over right. Uh, so what, what's kind of the backstory on that song for
1: you? Um, Without giving you the whole 30-minute-long crazy story, um, in 2013, I had a voice in my head pretending to be God for six months. And uh, it would, like, lead me around. It would, like, show me where money was. It would tell me where people were without asking. I knew it was going to happen before it happened. So, my friends, they called me a psychic. I called myself a prophet. It was this whole thing.
0: Okay.
1: Um, until it started getting dark, essentially. It started becoming these near death experiences. And then I wound up actually hearing the voice of God that basically told me that this voice is a sham. Right. <laughs> and uh, I was healed from all of it um, by Jesus. And now. You know, here we are seven years later, no voices in my head. And it's all because I learned that every single thought can be challenged. You know, whether you want to think that it's, whether you want to think it's spiritual, whether you want to think it's chemical, whatever it is, if you have a thought, you can question it. And and I just want to, I want to empower people to understand that they have the power to choose if they believe their thoughts.
0: All right, cool um and so when you're sitting down to write like what's kind of your uh, creative process
1: um it's always different okay. a lot of times I'm a very musical being so I'll, I'll be walking around and I just like have music in my head I'm humming and I'll just start humming and then it'll just kind of catch and so sometimes I'll just record a melody or sometimes I'm just feeling a certain way and I'll just I'll just say it and it'll come out as music and that just makes sense. And so I started writing around that.
0: Nice. Um, And then as far as like uh, working out the uh, like melody and stuff, is it, it, it's uh, obviously for like the hip hop stuff, it's more of you working with the producer, but then you also start incorporating like live musical instrumentation as well. Is that, how how does that kind of all, like how does the production of the melody and like the music music, not so much the lyrics, how does that kind of all fold in?
1: It's all different. You know, that's, that's what's cool is every song has a different story and a different experience. This song, I was uh, in church and that chorus was just screaming in my head, Mm -hmm. the whole thing. And so I drove home and I recorded it and I laid down a baseline and I, I put that guitar sample and then I showed it to my producer and I was like, this is what I have. Can you make it awesome? <laughs> and he did.
0: Nice. Oh, and then as far as your producer, you mentioned his name earlier. What, what's your producer's name?
1: His name is Definitive.
0: Okay. And, how long and that's without your- the E. And how long have y'all been working together?
1: Uh, we've been working together, professionally putting out music together um, on this project for probably about two, two and a half years now. Okay. We've known each other longer and we used to be in bands together.
0: Okay. And uh, what was it that kind of made you want to start working together?
3: Um, well, as
0: far, as far as professionally, like obviously you'd been in bands together before but like after that as far as like a producer musician relationship
1: he's always been producing hip-hop edm um you know more on the production side and i was more in the rock band world um i had actually just gotten off of tour and i met somebody at a karaoke bar Mm -hmm. one of my producers his name is adam Salah. And uh, he he saw that I could sing, and he's like, well, why don't you tell me? I'm an award-winning producer. Let's make a song together. And he showed me a a hip-hop beat, and I was like, oh, I actually wrote a rap the other day. Let me rap on it. So I rapped something, and he's like, okay, but you have such a good voice. Can you sing it? So I sang the rap, and then that kind of started the solo career that I pivoted into. And when that happened, the timing was perfect. My uh, producer, he was moving out from Nashville and needed a place to stay. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, come over here. And then, you know, it just happened naturally. It's like, he's playing music. I'm singing or rapping, and rapping, start collaborating.
0: Nice, awesome. And so he was in Nashville originally? Is that where he's originally from or is that a different producer?
1: Um. No, well, he, he was out there for a little while. Oh, and okay, then, got, then he moved back out, out there. Here, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Um, cool. And so the interesting thing about how we met was through Trevor of MXL. And we were talking right. about this a little bit before uh, we kind of logged on here. How'd you get introduced to MXL and Trevor and that entire crew over there?
1: Yeah, so like I was saying, um, my first condenser microphone was a gift from my friend Matt. And it was a 990 MXL. Mm -hmm. And between that and my Onyx Blackjack interface, I was starting to take my my producer lessons and uh, experiment with recording stuff. And so when I got the chance to go to NAMM as a solo artist, um, I saw the MXL booth and I was like, "Well, I got to go over there." And then I saw the lime green microphone and I was like, "Man, that's I got to have that just yeah. on stage. That's my style, you know."
0: Yeah. And that was uh was that the the summer NAM that they had in Nashville last year?
1: That was or, um or was January, the- so I guess winter NAM of that would have been in 20- I guess it would have been last year. Yeah. Okay. Not, yeah. Last year.
0: Okay, cool. Cause I know originally I was supposed to go to the NAM that they had in Nashville. huh. What was it in like August or something? Right. I think, yeah, that sounds about right. And then just my car wasn't having it. And so I was just like, yeah, I can't make it up. Sorry. My car's not going to make the eight hour drive to Nashville.
3: Dang. That, where were like, you located?
0: I was living in Tallahassee, Florida, at the time, so it was going to take me eight hours to get to Nashville. Right. And it was just like, yeah, my car's not going to make it. So I, I'm going to. I was already like three hours nor, or three hours into Alabama, and my car started acting funny. And I'm like, I pulled into a gas station and started looking at it. And I'm like, it's four in the morning. There's nowhere I'm going to be able to get parts right now to fix this. And I was just like, sorry, I'm not going to be able That's to That's a boner.
1: Yeah. Have you been know. to NAMM yet?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh, man. We got to get you out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, hopefully, once everything kind of uh, subsides, I'll be able to make it to the one in LA. Or, no, I don't know. We'll kind of have to wait and see which one. Because they usually do two NAMs a year, right?
1: Yeah. I've never been to the Nashville one, but. I love
0: the LA one. Yeah, gotcha. I know that they uh down in Austin they were supposed to be doing a DIY musicians thing through CD Baby. Uh huh. It was another convention. I was really hyped about going to that this year, but I think it's close to getting canceled or has been canceled. I haven't I haven't looked recently to see where it's at, but right. So, you know, maybe one of these, one of these years, I'll get to one of these conventions, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, So you, you met them at Nam, and then you started, you had been using their 990 um, and then you started using their pop mics, which they're really cool mics. I have one right here, you know, that's the one I got. It. Yep. It's a, uh, it's sitting right here. It, it just because where my return is for whatever reason the mic just picks up the air conditioning return like crazy and so it's just oh, like, yeah but so i switched over to the 990 and it's like the 990 is perfect i love it and it looks cool it makes me look cool so
1: and like i said I, i'm on pins and needles um waiting for the chance to get the revelation mark too
0: yeah yeah i haven't I haven't looked into it that much because uh, we just picked up a bunch of new microphones from them. So we really don't have the money or the resources to uh, pick up any more new mics from them. So I'm right. uh, kind of like waiting. Maybe by the end of the year, we'll be able to pick up another mic. Because now we're kind of getting to that point where our setup is pretty complete. All we really need is like a, no- uh, like a drum kit, like uh-huh. uh, drum mics. Because the uh, one that we have, we bought when we first started. And it's like a little cheap five-piece CAD set that we bought from musicians' friends. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like a a Black Friday sale or something. So,
1: CAD has some interesting gadgets. They've got that USB. uh, Have you seen it? It's like a USB pen microphone. And it's a condenser that plugs in. I think it's like 45 bucks or something
0: like that. No, I haven't seen that one. That's interesting. But, you know, when we first started, it was one of those deals where uh, we had started buying whatever mics were just on sale. Uh And and then as we started exploring, um, it was like, well, we need to kind of pick one brand and stick with it. So in that way, if we ever get to a point where we want to get a sponsor or something, then we could say, hey, we're already using your mics. Look what a great job we're doing. And then once we kind of got to a point, we started looking at all the mics we had. And I was like, well, that's an MXL. That's an MXL. Like 60% of our mics were all MXLs. And it's like, well, I guess that's who we're going with. you know. And there's still some some stuff that we use that isn't MXL just Uh because they either don't make the mic that we need or... Um, you know various other reasons, but I would say right now we're probably about ninety percent MXL. That's all we use.
1: That's awesome. Yeah,
0: but we love it. You know, nine ninety pop mics, the eight forties. You know, I don't know how how in deep you are into their mics, but,
1: but see, I want to I want to get there. But right now, the dedication like this is my stage mic. I mm-hmm. don't perform a show without this thing. Yeah. If I do, it's because I wasn't planning on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We had we had one guy refused to use one of our mics and it was because he was a germaphobe and he was afraid that we didn't take care of our mics. So he had his specific mic that he wanted to use. Yeah. And I was half tempted to tell him I was like, "Look, this one's brand new out of the box. Nobody's touched it. You could be the first person to touch it." But he was very adamant on using his mic. And it's like, you know what? Not going to fight you on this. It's not that big of a deal. So. You
1: know, you, you should have told him, look, you can use your own microphone, but you have to buy your own MXL in order to be on the show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, that, that was definitely a thought. But we didn't find that out. We didn't find out that he had an issue using our... Uh, he wanted to use his mic until we got there, started, and we were like already four bands deep into the day and it was just like all right we've been running ragged for the last three days this is not something that i'm gonna fight you on like right we'll use your stupid mic you know i get it but um so yeah no that that was just really cool how we met you know through mxl and then you actually introduced us to somebody else and that's just kind of how the music industry works you know connections meet connections meet connections
1: that's the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, well cuz you know, I had a friend break it down for me once. He said the song starts before you even write.
0: Yeah. yeah. that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um so right now you're are you kind of more focused on doing the solo stuff or doing like or do you want to get back into like a band scenario?
1: Um well, I'm focused on the solo stuff, but once I'm rolling in dollars, I want to, uh I definitely want to have live instrumentalists and live singers on stage always, because there's nothing like live music, you mm-hmm.
0: know? Absolutely.
1: And I think that production, as far as stuff like this, like, it has its place with live musicians on stage, and it just takes it to that next level, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um But... Actually, let's go ahead and jump into another song. um, What do you got? What are you thinking about? This one's actually going to be acoustic, I think you said?
1: Yeah, I'll do a strip down of, uh, I've got one releasing this Friday. Okay. And it's electric guitar, but I'm just going to play it acoustic.
0: Okay. Uh, What's it called?
1: It's called Runaway.
0: All right. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it.
1: Okay, here we go. Oh, my bad. One, two,
3: three, and if you are hurt, that's no excuse for you. To be rude to me, I'm free, and you're clearly still in chains to find my pain, and you're not like me. So why do you
1: keep running away? Why do you keep running away? Word.
3: More than the moon, the stars. But it's news to me if you're free. I can't be weak, cause silly chains defined by pain. And you're not like me. You're alone in crowded rooms. You sweat too much when the speaker's mute. Need your phone just to feel like you. Chasing every little thing that moves. Scared them up when they don't approve yeah, I can relate, cause I do it too I can relate, cause I do it too you not I'll you know why you keep running away? Why you keep running away? Why you keep running away? You keep running away. Cause if you think that you'll find something else, then maybe you're the one to sleep as well. You're in sleep, and all your friends can tell. If dreams come true, then you
0: Sounds good, man. Um and so you said this is like a a very stripped down version. Usually it's done on like electric guitar and stuff like that. So um how or and you said that song's releasing Friday?
1: Yeah, it's releasing Friday. Yeah, it's it's more of like a kind of really spacey, um the guitar riff is like all reverbed out. Yeah.
0: I, I was thinking about it. Uh, the uh, the little intro that you did before you counted yourself in. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why it remind. Have You've seen the movie Triple X with uh, Vin Diesel where he's like the spy that goes out to Russia or whatever.
1: I think I saw, you know what? Yes. Yes. That was my first movie date.
0: Yeah. There, there, there's a scene in there where he he's infiltrated the gang in Russia or whatever and they take him to his bedroom. And there's like a prostitute sitting there waiting for him and she's dancing right. to this song. And the melody of that song remi- or the intro to your song reminded me of the instrumental of that song. It was just really weird. Like it, you'd have to watch it and then like listen back to this and it, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I must be out of control. Who knows?
1: I'm going to have to go back and listen to it.
0: Yeah. Cause it was, uh, it was like, yeah. And maybe it's just me. It very well may just be me, but, um, so yeah. How's a, th- once again, thank you for uh, sharing that song. That's definitely, we always love hearing like different versions that you're not going to get anywhere else. So like a definitely sure. down acoustic version. We definitely love hearing that. And, um, with it being released Friday, it's a nice little teaser for people to go check out the real, the full version on Friday.
1: Yeah, the um, full version is gonna be a lot different. Nice.
0: Um, and where do you usually release all your uh, new? Is Friday like the release date for all your music that you're doing, like the weekly stuff that you're releasing?
1: It's typically either been Thursday or Friday okay. that everything's releasing.
0: Cool. Um, uh, and
1: everything, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Title, all the,
0: all the all the typical ones.
1: All the typical ones, yeah. And then Bandcamp as well, you know, yeah. just because some people still pay money for music.
0: Yeah, and actually we've been trying to help promote Bandcamp a little bit because they've been, haven't they been doing the thing where they're waiving their fees? They're waiving
1: their, their share.
0: Yeah, to help musicians out. And so we've definitely been trying to help promote Bandcamp where we can without sounding like uh, we're getting paid to promote Bandcamp, you know, just trying to be like, Hey, if you support music musicians that happen to have a band camp, you
3: know, camp's
1: doing it right because it, it's uh the streaming game is very it's a very frustrating one. I mean, even mm-hmm. for the you, you look at these guys that are the champions in in the field, yeah, and they're looking at the streaming money and they're like, "What is this?" Yeah, you know, not, not to go down that rabbit hole, but it's it's something.
0: Yep. And then the—I uh, was just reading an article that Spotify even stepped up their game even more. Um, they just signed Joe Rogan to an exclusive podcasting deal. Really? Yeah. So like the Joe Rogan Experience is going to be exclusively on Spotify. So that—that's really interesting. Um, so I'm assuming that means no more YouTube, no more like because I usually just listen to him on iTunes, but now I'm going to have to go listen wow. to him on Spotify that was a big move. Yeah. Like, you know, it it works for them because now they're going to get all those guaranteed listeners. And, you know, so like, I don't, obviously I don't know like what the terms of the deals are, but you know, the fact that they signed that big of a name, that big of a podcast exclusively to them, you know, right. That's pretty intense and a big flex as well
1: definitely a big flex the last thing that i heard about spotify uh publicly was that it was being looked at if they were going to triple the stream rate oh oh
0: Uh, i I hadn't seen that well since we're here live let me while we're talking let me pull up the spotify joe rogan deal um no, but like you'd mentioned, even the uh, streaming, like the streaming is just where it's at. Like everybody's killing it. Um, you know, and it's really weird because I every time we try and help promote people on their Spotify, there's yeah. always those one or two people that are like, no, screw Spotify. They screw nah. over the the musicians and it's like you know, they only screw over the musicians that just don't have the following. Like, if you're not getting the play, like, it's like anything else. If you're not Uh getting the attention, you're not going to get the money. Sure. You know, so let's see. According to the Wall Street Journal, it's a license. Joe Rogan strikes a deal with Spotify in a licensing deal worth a hundred million dollars interesting that's wow. huge
1: nice well okay. yeah that's because it sets a precedence. you know now who else is going to jump to Spotify and exclusively be on
0: yeah because I know that Apple. like I mean that's the streaming model like you go to Netflix and they're signing all these things to like exclusive deals you go to Hulu or anything and so I guess it was only a matter of time before the podcasting networks start doing that Right. So, but you know, yeah, it it, it makes sense. Um, so let, let's kind of take a left turn here. We, okay. We we kind of went on a nice uh, little side tangent talking about current affairs. How are uh, things going in your neck of the woods with the pandemic and all that stuff? You're still employed because we were talking about how um you you were just getting off work. Before we're on here, how has the pandemic kind of affected your music and your release schedule and your shows and all that stuff?
1: You know, it's been interesting because um, there's, uh, I'm busier than ever as an artist. Mm -hmm. And one, because my producer is home a lot more, you know, he's my roommate. And so he's got the music, we're just working whenever we can
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and then you know at work there's not there is time to write so there, i'm getting a lot of writing done as well
0: okay. and what what do you do for uh, like a uh, job what's your job currently
1: i do security okay gotcha yeah gotcha gotcha
0: and i um and so how has it kind of affected your did you do did you switch over to doing the weekly thing because of the pandemic or was that something that you were doing before the pandemic happened like releasing music weekly
1: the pandemic you know yeah i think the pandemic was actually a factor because the whole point is everybody's at home they're stuck at home right mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you can release a single and you can milk it for a month and try to squeeze everything out of it. But the reality is people need stuff right now. They need inspiration. They need motivation. They need hope. They need entertainment. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, let's just do it then. And, you know.
0: And the fact that your producers kind of living in the same apartment or place as you it makes it easier for you to do stuff like that
1: exactly yeah
0: nice um and then obviously it's affected your like doing live shows and stuff like that but you've also been doing like live streams and stuff as well correct
1: yeah so i'm a member of what's called the jam nation which is a group out here in la um we used to perform at the Rainbow Room in the Universal Bar and Grill. And it's just dope. If you look behind me, you can see the poster of Jam Nation. We've got the rules, no covers, listen to each other, leave space. And so it's just, it's all improv, freestyle music, and it's awesome.
0: Nice. And uh, how long have you been involved with them, with uh, Jam Nation?
1: I would say a year to a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. And, and so this hit and it was like, well, we, we got to keep this thing going. Let's go online and, you know, bring other people in. People can jam with each other. People can preview their originals. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, and then one thing that we really like to do here on live and amplified is we want to make sure that like younger musicians are getting advice and, or if they're just starting, um, like starting off on the right foot and stuff. So we like to try and give them a little bit of advice. Um, What advice would you have for younger musicians that are just getting started?
1: I'm going to go specific. Okay. Um, And that's for the musicians that come out to LA to chase the dream. And that's this. Those who quit are the ones who never make it it's plain and simple if you now granted look if you know that you you've been lying to yourself and you feel like you know what i'm really fighting my actual calling in life good forget the facade go and do what you need to do and pour 110 percent into that but if you're going to go 110 percent, you got to keep going
0: perfect and actually you know what Nobody's ever talked about that before because we we get a lot of Nashville musicians and Nashville is very ingratiating or very, they'll bring everybody in and make them feel comfortable and whatnot and they'll give them good advice. But we've never really talked to anybody out in LA and I know the LA music scene is completely different because we've had musicians that we've worked with. Try to go to LA. Try to play gigs and try, and then they think because they can't make it in LA, they've stopped playing music. And it's like, no, LA is a completely
1: different music. A whole scene. different dynamic, yeah.
0: Because yeah. doesn't LA have that rule where if you can't play live shows if you're under the age of eighteen or something like that? Isn't
1: I can tell you from playing at bars when I was eighteen and nineteen. If I got to play, I would play a set, and then they'd be like, okay, now you have to go stand outside in the cold while your friends enjoy the rest of the night.
0: Yeah. I, actually, that reminds me. I was reading an article the other day, and I don't know if it was like an Onion article or if it was a legit article, but I remember seeing it where – and it was old. Like, obviously, it wasn't anything recent where this got uh-huh. this band – Got a gig in a bar, and the bar owner wouldn't let their bass player come in because he was under the age of twenty-one, and so he set up right outside the window, uh-huh. like one of their big windows, and he set his amp like, right in the window, and he's sitting there playing outside while the rest of the band's playing inside. Just that's so genius. The, just so the band could finish playing or could play their gig, and it was just like that's funny. And so he, they, you had like video of this kid just sitting out on the sidewalk playing bass and just trying to be into it as he can.
1: Oh, there's a video? I'd love to see that.
0: Yeah, I think there, I think, I will have to go grab the article and I'll send it to you, but there's, like, he was just sitting there, just kind of playing, and it's like, oh, that's funny. um, So, how's uh, LA kind of helped mold you as a musician, because obviously, like we had mentioned, LA is a completely different animal, right, compared to anywhere else in the world. How how has it kind of helped mold you into a better musician? Okay, well, I
1: feel or like that's it, a broad question, but I'm gonna is try. It,
0: or is it one of those deals where? because you're there you have you don't really know anything else other than playing music out in the way out in la um
1: yeah okay no here's what i'll say okay the music scene in la is so different from anywhere else i have gotten the opportunity to tour okay and even going different places in california or you know even just like going to nevada or arizona everything's different and it's just like there's a lot of there's a lot of problems within the music industry i mean and and it's not just like up here the reason it's bad up here is because it's also bad down here and there's just bad practices all the way up Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of promoters that take advantage of artists so at one point i was like well guess what unless the show's free or I understand the benefit of it. I'm not doing shows. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my own shows. You know, i invite five people. Because there's, it feels almost like there's this system in place in LA to kind of, it's like you have to figure out, it's this maze. And you have to figure out how to get to each next level. Mm-hmm. And the first level is like trying to get your own show. And you're made to feel like it's such this grand opportunity to get the exposure of playing to 20 people on a Tuesday night at 5 p.m. And you have to pre-sell tickets uh, and it's horrendous. And uh,
0: Or pay to play, depending on...
1: Right, or pay to play. And so I kind of just, I striked that. I said, that's not worth it to me. Yeah. Um, And I think the people that do that kind of go up to the next level where it's like, oh, now promoters know if they're going to ask you to play a show, they know they actually have to come with an offer or something enticing or something worth your time, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of stick on that one for a second because it, it's very hard to find musicians that agree that pay-to-play is not the way to go. They, they're, they're Especially in the hip-hop side of things, I've seen – like. I've seen so many musicians that thought they were going to get this big opportunity for uh, opening. Like they'll pay hundreds of dollars to go without saying any names of who these uh, opening act was, there was a guy, I was living in New Mexico. There was a guy that he was going to be opening for, I want to say it was crazy bone of bone thugs and harmony. Okay. And he had paid hundreds of hundreds of dollars to get on get on this show, and or to open for him. And he goes there, opens, and doesn't even get to talk to Crazy Bone. Like nothing. And the doors had barely opened when he went on. So it was just like, okay, all I get to do is say I open for him, and that's about it. And it it's like wasn't worth it. I'm like, oh, I could have told you that, but you know, right. you know. And then there's been a couple of occasions where promoters, like us doing the podcast, promoters will reach out to us and ask us if we want an interview with whoever they're bringing in, and how much we're willing to pay for the interview. And it's like, no, I'll just reach out to the manager of the act and be like, hey, let's set this up, and I'll bypass the promoter altogether. Right. We don't make friends that way, but when they're sitting there trying to ask for a thousand dollars for an interview, it's like,
1: no, well, no, no, who you're talking to too. Right. Like, yeah. like, yo, you're, you're approaching universal, right? Yeah. You know that it's a, a drop in the bucket for them for to be like, yeah, I need $5,000. If you want an interview with my artist. Yeah. But if you're approaching not universal mom and pop shop, um, interviews, you know, th- then you need to be like, hey you know how's how's a hundred dollars sound How, you, you know what i mean like well
0: and it's not even that because well here here's here's there's a specific situation that came to mind when this happened i was living yeah. out in, i was still living out in new mexico at the time and um tech Nine's uh label um so he had like strange music
2: like,
0: yeah and he had like stevie stone and then there was like this young I don't want to say young kid, but there's this white guy that was part of his like crew. Uh-huh. I, I can't think of his name now. Cause I don't think he's really gone any further than where he was about four or five years ago. Um, and he was coming to where I was at in New Mexico and he was getting brought in by a few different people or by this promoter. And the promoter reached out to me. He was like, Hey, I see you've been doing the live and amplified deal. Um, we were gonna sell an exclusive interview with this guy to the local TV station, but we'd rather sell it to you because you're independent, you know, and all this. Right? How much can you give us for this interview? And I was like, I'm not paying for an interview. I'm not paying for the interview. Like, it's not gonna happen. And he's like, Right. well, I'll take that into consideration and I'll let you know if we want you to interview the guy. And I'm like, okay. And so I reached out to my buddy and was like, hey, your guy over here is trying to charge me for this interview. Is that legit? Or is, is he trying to take me for money? And he's like, no, he's trying to take you for money because I can get you that interview for free regardless. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of what I thought. Right. And so, and there's, there's, Oh yeah, go ahead. No, I I was going to, and so unfortunately, the show never ended up taking off because uh, the promoter couldn't uh, reach the guy's minimum, like whatever his guaranteed uh, ticket sales were, the right. guy couldn't reach that, and so the show never ended up happening. But so, but go ahead. Yeah, and, and that's go.
1: that's how it is with the promoters out here, you know? Like, there's there's some really good people in the promotion game in LA, but yeah. you have to find them because there's some really shady people in the promotion game in LA, and They'll just, even if it's not pay to play, you know, like it, it, it's this, it's always a disputed door or something like that. Yep. And then you got the people, you got people that, that reach out and they say, Hey, we can only book you at this club uh, 5.00 PM on a Monday. And uh, if you do well and you prove yourself, then we'll let you go up to the Thursday slot at 7.00 PM next month. Yeah. And it's like, I We get what you're trying to do. You're, you're manipulating people into thinking that, you know, they're earning their way into this industry, apotheosis. Nah, because then you go and you talk to the good promoter, and they're like, you know what? I can get you the Friday slot at 9.30 p.m. Just make sure that you've got 20 people there. Mm-hmm. Great.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, at least with the, um like, ticket sales, yeah, that's not – fun to have to go out and hustle and sell tickets but at least there's like a direct correlation to what you're bringing to the stage and so like you could say well hey you asked me to sell 25 tickets I sold 40 and there's an incentive for the promoter or whoever to pay you or the next time they bring you in it's like oh I know these guys are going to bring in a crowd right we can pay them you know so like I don't have as far as like doing ticket sales I don't have as much of a problem with that but it's like Uh it's a direct pay to play it's like no you're getting scammed regardless so right you know it is what it is um but as we kind of start working our way towards the end of the uh podcast here you said you had uh, one more song you wanted to play for us
1: um yeah i mean i'm i'm happy to uh i got classics or if you want I like to play this game where uh if you give me like a mood or topic in a genre I'll make a song on the spot if that sounds interesting
0: ooh all right um what movie was I just watching um <laughs> No, that would be really, I was going to say the movie Top Gun because I was just watching that the other day, but
1: oh, Eddie, The movie was, Top Gun Yeah, this is where I, where I reveal my knowledge of, of pop top culture, I, I uh, only I know you. the no, I got
0: you, I got you, I got you, hold on, let, let me let me pull up my uh, Netflix here and see what I've just recently watched Okay uh, And then I'll give you a movie from there, how's that sound?
1: Sounds good. Are you a cinephile?
0: Uh, not as much as I used to be. I used to be like a crazy cinephile, but now it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm here, and I, you know, I went through like film school and all that fun stuff. Oh, cool. Um, let's see. Where did I just. I feel like all these movies are really random that I w- just watched. Uh, I just watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know if that's something you're down to do.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's do okay. something with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. What's a what's a genre and a mood?
0: Uh. Well, the movie would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, any one of their movies, because they've okay. got a few few of them. Um. Any the genre. Uh, let's go with hip hop, that sounds fun,
1: okay? All right, you're gonna have to excuse my limited knowledge because it's been a while since I watched Teenage Mutant. No, you're um, good. I went through a stint where I didn't watch TV for years, so okay. I just kind of, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Okay, so let's get hip hop.
3: Okay, now I'm a rat in the sewer, and I feel like I'm skewered on the pike of this life, but I feel like maybe I can change a couple different things if I'm nice. Maybe if I see something that can happen when I can't be a nice person, then I guess that I'm not cursing the world. I know that I'm a nice person, right? Let me stop repeating myself. I'm just defeating myself. Oh, I have so much knowledge now. I guess I need to drop it on people who can't afford college now. So... That's the problem. Now, hold on. I see a couple turtles. (laughs) I'm feeling like it's worth it. Maybe I'll teach them how life's not perfect and teach them just how to get through it and worth it. What's worth it? Um, excuse my limited knowledge on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Excuse my limited knowledge on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
1: uh yeah that's my
0: (laughs) that's awesome and you pretty much that's pretty much uh will you do that during like live shows and stuff or is it when when do you usually break out that
1: so my last live show i started that and um i want to do that at every live show now because it's just it's just so much fun
0: nice and what are some of the movies you'll usually get for that
1: um you, well, you know, it's not always a movie. Uh, it's just generally a, a mood, a topic, and a genre. So sometimes it'll be like fearful ice cream metal. Gotcha.
0: You got something for that that you just threw out there randomly?
1: Fearful ice cream metal? Yeah. Yeah, let me get a pick. Let me get a pick. <laughs> Uh, I guess I don't need a pick. Let's go.
0: cool that you do that like just making stuff up on the spot like that that's awesome and yeah it's, so it's a lot fun. uh what what when do you hope or do you have any have you heard anything about when la is going to start hopefully allowing like smaller shows to happen or as any of that started being talked about
1: you know it's interesting because i was actually i was offered a show the other day mm-hmm. um by this restaurant that will run name Remain unnamed because they're open. They've gotten their green light to open. Yeah. And I'm like, am I going to be the guy that creates a crowd? And, you know, there's going to be all this controversy. And we just don't have enough answers at the moment to let that be a hill to die on. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm kind of waiting and seeing what happens before I establish anything, you know?
0: Yeah, I got you. Understood completely. Um, but I, as uh, one of the as we kind of start work uh, wrapping up the uh, interview here, I, I just want to thank you once again for taking the time to sit here and join us. It, it's been a little bit while in the making, you know. Uh, yeah, so we got got linked up about a month or so ago, I guess. At this point, and just trying to get everything to work out. You know, it's one of those things where it's like. I thought during the pandemic everything would be moving a lot faster like oh I've got all this time in the world to do interviews and everybody else has got all the time in the world to do them so I'd be I thought I'd be doing like four interviews a day just back to back to back and it started off like that initially and then it was just kind of like oh I kind of burned through all my interviews initially like right off in that first week where I did like 15 interviews in the span of five days and it was just like okay now okay, oh, yeah, now we're the rest of the interviews and right so um but where can uh where can everybody uh find your music and uh find you online when uh and uh find all your upcoming shows once the yeah end? so you guys
1: you know i'm on facebook um my biggest presence is probably on Instagram, at uh, The Official Yale. If you just type The Official Yale into any browser, all one word, mm-hmm. all my socials and music will pop up. And Casey Yale is my, my name, my artist name, K-A-S-E-Y, Yale School.
0: Cool. And uh, you upload all your music to Spotify and all the normal stuff like you'd mentioned. And uh, you're releasing new music once a week. So definitely be on the lookout for that um is there anything do you have like one piece of final advice for musicians to kind of leave leave them on like
1: yeah 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 um know why you're doing it if you're doing it for money just be honest with yourself you're doing it for money don't try to sugarcoat it don't try to make it something it's not you're doing it for money if you're doing it for people do it for people no one's gonna hate you for being authentic and honest,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? But just don't don't do what you think other people want to hear. D- do it for the actual reasons. Otherwise, you're never gonna be authentic, and you're never gonna be able to go a hundred and ten percent.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that that is probably the absolute perfect advice to end on because if you're not being authentic, then you're not gonna see any real growth, right? with your audience because they're not going to be able to connect with what you're saying, because I firmly believe a lot of people can connect with the authenticity. Absolutely. I was having this conversation with a, a musician from the UK. He's a country musician from the UK and he made the observation that, or the statement that he, when he writes his music, he specifically does not talk about wearing cowboy hats, driving trucks and drinking whiskey because that's not what country people in the UK do. Oh, it's man. more of a, an American stereotype. And he's like, You're I right. can't relate to that. So I write about what he writes about, you know, and I'm like, and that's why his music is don't taking him places that he wants to be because he's being authentic. And yeah, the people in the UK can relate to it. And I think people in America are starting to relate to it. So.
1: That's you cool. Know,
0: they're, they're catching on with the with the authenticity. So, it, perfect advice. Um, but yeah, uh, once again, thank you so much. Uh, hit them with the uh, social media one last time before we uh, wrap it up.
1: Yeah, you can look me up K C Yale K A S E Y Yale Y A L E like the school. All socials is at the official Yale Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. All that fun stuff.
0: All right, awesome. Well, thank you again so much. Really appreciate the time. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you all later. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, jam session. You know, it was really awesome to actually get a chance to sit down and talk with uh, Casey. He had some cool stories. You know, the conversations were really cool, and the thing that he did at the end there where making up music on the spot was kind of interesting. I wasn't really expecting him to do that. Uh, so, you know, we're all about trying new things here and I'm really glad we got a chance to get them on the uh, podcast and even on the jam session. That was really awesome. But like I said, um, you know, it's going to be a rather long podcast because a lot of the stuff that we were planning on having on this podcast didn't come through. And so we're taking other things and converting them to fit this format and. Fortunately, unfortunately, it's going to make it a little bit of a long podcast, but I'm sure you guys will be all right with it. You know, good content all around. As far as uh, next week's jam session, we are at our last pre-taped jam session uh, from our original uh, virtual music festival. So we're going to use that next week and hopefully between now and ten day or now in two weeks, we'll be able to get a couple of more recorded. So if anybody happens to be out there listening, is in a band or music or something and wants to try and set up a jam session podcast, please hit us up. We will really love to use you. We would really love to chat with you and figure a way to make it all work. So if you're interested in jumping on and being a remote guest on the Jam Session Podcast, please feel free to reach out. We'd love to have you. Now that being said, and we're done with like the shameless self-promotion stuff, let's jump right into the fan feedback artist of the week. Um, Like I had mentioned a few weeks back, our fan feedback segment isn't our normal segment just because it's been kind of hard to get feedback from shows when there haven't been shows. so we've been just taking original live cast recordings and flipping them into our fan feedback segments. but the hope is once the uh, pandemic lifts that we'll be able to get back to the fan feedback segment of the week the way it was originally envisioned with fans nominating a band and then we pick us pick the band based on when they have shows available and have you guys submit feedback statements. But until then, we are going to continue doing it this way. And this week's fan feedback segment of the week is a really awesome musician. Um, I believe she reached out to me independently through one of the previous podcasts that we had done. Her name is Rosie Kale, and she's from Wales out in the UK. And she had been listening to a lot of the UK country musicians that we've had on the podcast recently. So shout out to Rachel Selleck for setting all that up and opening up more doors for us out in the UK. And if you haven't had a chance to go check out the Q&A we did with her last weekend, please go do that. It was a really awesome Q&A. I'm really happy with how it came out. And I'm really excited to continue doing the Q&As in the future. But let's get back on track. Uh, this week's Fan Feedback Artist of the Week Rosie Kale, like I had mentioned, it was a super cool conversation. You know, it's really interesting because when I get musicians that reach out to us and I don't have very much backstory on them or I don't really have a relationship with them or never talked to them before the interview, like I literally have no idea how they're going to react. I have no idea how they're going to respond to questions. I have, you know, I have very little contextual information on them. So. These interviews are always really interesting and kind of exciting in a nerve-wracking kind of way because I just never know how they're going to turn out and nine times out of ten they turn out absolutely amazing and this interview is no different um, so I'm going to just shut the fuck up and let the interview do its thing. Welcome everybody to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host Tom Quiet and we're back at it again. We are have another amazing, amazing musician uh she's from wales i'm glad you clarified that because i was about to say london again
2: <laughs>
0: you know for whatever reason uh whenever somebody from the uk comes over i automatically always assume london but you corrected me early on and said wales so that made me sound <laughs> less stupid uh but we have rosie kale how's it going today rosie
4: i'm really good how are you doing
0: Oh, i'm doing pretty good it's it's early here i don't like we're still trying to figure out or get used to the time difference thing because it's like early in the morning here, but it's like mid-afternoon for you. So it's like yeah. we're at different points in the day for each of us. But <laughs> I'll catch up with you right away and we'll be good to go. So you're on here. You uh, thank, First of all, thank you for uh, reaching out. Yeah, you reached out to us about getting on a podcast. So yeah. once again, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. That's it's a, a
4: pleasure, and I've been listening to a few of yours already, so yeah, I was excited to sort of reach out and see if it was a possibility, so yeah, thank you.
0: Always, always, you know, and it's funny because originally it was just me reaching out to musicians, and I'm trying to have to schedule everything myself, but now that we released that website, that kind of takes the time difference into consideration, and I don't have to sit here and try and do the math.
4: Yeah, that was so useful.
0: Yeah. Because like there's been a couple situations where we've done interviews and like they'll go through a time or like a daylight savings time or we'll go through daylight savings time and they won't and so like the times completely change. <laughs> but now it's like this. We'll take that into consideration.
4: No, it's brilliant. Really good setup.
0: Yeah. Uh. But so let's start from the beginning and then we'll just kind of roll through the interview and see where things take us. Okay. Uh, what originally got you interested in playing music
4: um I guess i've always played instruments since a child um I, I was in a lot of orchestras as a as a kid you, you could see behind me if uh, you're on the video that you can um i'm a cello player but um I think later on, I just sort of gravitated towards the guitar and country music um probably in my teens really um but I was a big fan of Shania Twain and Taylor Swift and I wanted to sort of pick up a guitar and try and do what they were doing. Um, I probably did it very badly, but I think I just tried to almost voice what I wanted to sing in a song and, and it went from there. Um, but yeah, I think I've always been musical in my family. My, fa- um, my sister's a singer um, and my parents have always sung with us as children. So it was just natural for me to gravitate towards it.
0: Awesome. And what was it about the cello? Like, was that like the first instrument you learned going into the orchestra and stuff?
4: Um, Yeah, so I, when I was about six, um, I remember them saying, well, there was only five people allowed to play an instrument. So I was like, I want to be one of those people. Um, So I played the violin for about a year, maybe, Um, obviously very, squeaky and not very good at that age but um one of my friends in the same year as me her mum was a violin teacher and she also played the cello and I just loved the idea of this massive instrument and I was really small so for me it was something I was like if I can play that massive instrument then that would be really cool and I'd heard a couple of people play and I thought it sounded so much nicer than the violin because I mean I was so rubbish at it um, but my sister's a violin uh, player now, so she plays it much better than I do. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it was just because it sounded so lovely. And I had a couple of friends who were within those circles of already playing the cello that I thought, oh, I like these people. I'm going to stick with these ones.
0: <laughs> and then, so from there, you kind of transformed over into like a guitar player. Uh, what was it about Shania Twain? Because you brought her up specifically. What was it about her and her music that kind of spoke to you?
4: Um, to be honest, I think all my friends were sort of listening to pop stuff. And I didn't really have many pop CDs at home. Um, I wasn't, I think the only CD I really had was Hilary Duff. Um, and my family had like a load of CDs and the only one that really jumped out at me was Shania because she sounded so sort of happy and uplifting and I just thought the idea of like a woman in country was just so good like I just wanted to be like that Um, and I remember sitting down and um, listening to from this moment on and learning every single word back to front um, of that song, and that was probably the first song that I wanted to sing solo, but I never liked the guitar for that, I just sang it with the CD, um, but it was, I probably didn't start playing guitar until I was 17, 18, and I didn't have my own guitar until I was 19, so, sort of a late find for me.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And so, you've got some new music that's out already, correct?
4: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, What's kind of your uh, creative process when you sit down to write?
4: Um, I always say every song is different. For me, I can be in my car and suddenly have an idea and have to like pull over to the side and record it as a voice note. And, um, and it'll just come to my head of like a specific line. And then I'll take that from there and make chords around it and then write lyrics if it's a certain theme. Uh, sometimes I start with a theme and then write about that and I write the lyrics first and then the chords. Sometimes I'll sit at the piano and just play something and it sounds nice and I'll write something to it. So I don't think I have a set creative process, but I like to be quite quite strict with myself of writing as often as I can. Um just because one of my friends, um, who is a songwriter as well called Jimmy Brewer, um, he said to me once that, um, if you stop writing uh, for a long period of time, when you get back into it, it's almost like t- turning on a tap that hasn't been used in a while. Mm-hmm. And you get all the horrible stagnant water that comes out first, and then you get the fresh flowing water. And I just thought that's such a good image for me to keep writing, even if it's rubbish, mm-hmm. that it'll carry on. Yes. Um, but, sorry, I've got a cat that's at my door, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can probably hear it. <laughs>
0: but no, that's, that's cool. Um, and then, so what, what's the, uh, what's the name of the new music you got coming out for everybody that's listening?
4: So I've got a new single that came out a couple of weeks ago, um, and it's called Secrets, um, but I've also got a load of new, um, load of music on my Spotify and I'll have more coming out later this year. Awesome.
0: Um, and then it, so is the whole, to take Secrets and kind of work towards an EP or an LP or do you just like doing the single releases for now?
4: Um, so I originally released an EP back in 2016 that was my first um, release for music um, and then I wanted to release some singles so I went to the studio and, re- and sort of recorded that with a, an amazing band um, and Secrets was one of those along with Mary Jane and Keeper um, but I do have a couple more and I'm tempted to possibly release them as an EP, um, but I don't know yet. I haven't made an ultimate decision of what I want to do, but I should probably make that decision fairly soon. <laughs>
0: sure. And so, you now all that stuff's available on Spotify and everywhere you stream music. Um, what, how's, how long ago did the uh, single Secrets release?
2: How
4: long? Uh, so secrets came out on the eighth of May. Okay. Um, but it's had more recognition than I've had on any song so far. So it's a little bit weird for me.
0: Gotcha. All right. So we have a fan question. We're going. We're going to turn into the comment section here. I just saw this one pop up. Yeah. All right. Would you ever consider moving? If there was a musical opportunity. Yeah, there you.: Yeah. Who's that from? Uh, Craig. Craig Brooks.
4: Um, I mean, if I could move to Nashville, that would be amazing. But at the same time, I've never been to Nashville. This is just like my sort of idealistic brain saying Nashville's the place I need to be. But I don't know. I love where I live. I love Pembrokeshire, I'm by the beach, and I'm such a home bird, I like being around family, and I don't know, maybe I'm a creature of habit of being in the same place, but if something came up that I needed to move, I wouldn't say no, Um, it's just a case of I like being in in the countryside.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's interesting, because you brought up that you're a creature of habit, and I think a lot of people are. Like, I really do think a lot of people are creatures creatures of habit. And being... be Growing up where I grew up, if you would have told me when I was 18 years old that I was going to be moving 12 times since I graduated college and, um, you know...
4: That's mad.
0: Be all Be all over or move all over the U.S., I would have told you you were crazy. Because like 90% of the people I graduated high school with, they're still within 20 minutes of where we grew up, you know? Yeah. So it, it's, a lot of people are creatures of habit, and, you know, it's it's just interesting that you brought that up specifically.
4: Yeah, and I, I guess, I I mean, I, I know quite a lot of um, talented musicians in Pembrokeshire, and there's been so many people that have come from Pembrokeshire, and I just, my my ideal view is that there'll be more people that want to come back to Pembrokeshire and we can create a music scene in Pembrokeshire because there's such little opportunity here to develop that. Um, Obviously the closest city really doing like well in that state in Wales is either Cardiff or Swansea and and that's not, neither of those are massive and they don't come up on like international tours or anything like that. It's always England and... For me, I would love a bigger music scene in Wales, especially my side of the county. Yeah. Um, because I think there's talent everywhere. And if we just put it in specific locations, it then makes it really hard to, for people to move to those places. I mean, London's expensive. I can't afford to live in London and do music. Yeah. Um, so I'd much prefer to live in somewhere that I love to live, that I can afford. And just to do what I love to do.
0: Absolutely. Um, So you kind of touched on this a little bit. What's the independent scene in like in Wales where you're at currently?
4: It's good. And there are a lot of talented musicians coming through Wales. Um, And I'm, I'm not very good at networking with that many people. So it's something that I've tried to sort of reach out during this lockdown. Um, But I think there is so much talent in Wales that a lot of the time they don't get the recognition for it. So I would love to see a lot more Welsh artists come to the service internationally as well as just nationally. I think obviously we, in America and all across the world, you you know people like Tom Jones and Catherine Theta-Jones and all all the sort of Welsh top people Mm -hmm. that... Come to mind, and I'd love there to be more Welsh people that come to the surface.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting because it seems like we get on this topic of conversation every time I have somebody from London, Wales, Ireland. You know, any pretty much anybody in the UK. It. I talk to a lot of musicians here, and their dream is to go over to the UK and have
2: success. (laughs)
0: But I talk to a lot of UK musicians, and it well mainly because a lot of the UK musicians I've talked with have been like country acts. It's oh, I want to go to Nashville and make it big, and so it's just kind of interesting that cross section of the grass is greener on the other side. I guess I don't like yeah. I'm not you know, so like for any one person in the UK that wants to come to the U.S. to try and make it big there's one person from the U.S. that wants to go to the U.K. to try and make 100%. it.
4: hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I think that's why I said earlier, obviously, I think it's my ideal brain going, I want to go to Nashville, but actually, I've never been to Nashville. I don't know what it's like in Nashville. I don't even know if I'll hate it. I may come back and say I'm never going again.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, so it's one of those things that I think I've almost got rose-tinted glasses for at the moment.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah. I'll have yeah. to experience it to know.
0: That's very true. But luckily for Nashville and there's a, there's a lot of musicians that do this, like they'll, they'll move around Nashville. Cause luckily like Nashville kind of has everything. So if you like living in the city, move straight into Nashville, like in their downtown district and you're boom, you're in the city. But if you like living in the country, just move 45 minutes in any direction. And you can still say you live in Nashville, but you're in the country and you don't have to to worry about that. So, like, Nashville is kind of unique in that way. But, um,
4: you're selling it well to me. I mean, (laughs) I would happily.
0: (laughs) But it's also one of those things where just because, like, geographically it's laid out the way you want it to because you can go live in the countryside and still be within relative driving distance. to get downtown for a show and whatnot it's still the people you still have to be able to get along with the people there and like the people and you know and all that stuff because i've definitely been to some places where it's like you know i don't ever want to come back like i like like the area but a lot of the people here i just don't get along with we have different viewpoints on things you know just all that fun stuff and so it's a little it's always a little bit more than that so i would definitely say before you if you ever decide that you want to move to Nashville, I'd say go visit it first. Just so
4: yeah, that. I will.
0: Because <laughs> I'm the only one crazy enough to go move to a place before I've even visited it. So.
4: Oh, really? What's what's your least favorite place? Or am I not allowed to ask that?
0: Nope, you can ask because I have it. The My least favorite place was uh, North Dakota. Okay. Because... Any reasons why? Oh, plenty of reasons why. <laughs> It, and this is a little bit jaded because when I moved there, it was right in right at the beginning of the fracking oil boom that was going on up there. So, they, like, this was a town that was set up to maybe hold 5,000 people. But they had an influx of 50,000 people because of all the oil workers.
1: Wow.
0: And so they had, like, just to find an apartment was... Like, just for a single room to rent was $3,000 a month. And...
5: That's mad.
0: So, that was an issue. And then they had these things called man camps, where they converted old, like, warehouses and put as many bunk beds as they could physically fit in there and charged $10 a night to sleep on a bunk bed.
5: Oh, my God.
0: And so, like, in theory, that shouldn't be a reason why I like, liked or didn't like an area. But, like, when I talked to the people, it was just all a bunch of people that were there for the moment. It, there wasn't a, a real community. Okay. Because it was, like, all oil workers that didn't bring their families. Yeah. So unless you, wor- so unless you worked in the oil field, those were the guys that had the money and nothing else could stay open because there just wasn't a community there to, so like it'd be 5 p.m. and say you want to go to McDonald's. McDonald's isn't open at 5 p.m. because they don't have enough people to cover the shifts. Like you, so,
5: God.
0: yeah. So that, that's, that's an easy call for me to make. And that's kind, <laughs> of, that's kind of an extreme point just because that doesn't ever happen yeah at least to normal people but you know
4: so are you living in your favorite place now
0: Ooh, good question (laughs) it's i i don't know yet because i haven't really had a chance to kind of get out and explore yet because i moved here back in october and so, like, I moved towards the end of October, and as I started getting settled in, it was starting to become the holidays. And then January and February are usually our busiest months because we, that's when we, like, really kick things off. We'll go do, like, live production, live, like, live video production. We'll go travel and whatnot. So January and February are our busiest, busiest months. So, like, every weekend we're out doing something. And then the pandemic hit, so it was just kind like, <laughs> okay. of like...
4: haven't had time to settle probably.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> like, right now they're starting to play gigs slowly. Um, I got invited to go to one last weekend, but it was like the first bar to open. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really 100% sure if I want to <laughs> go be the first one in and see how that goes, you know? Yeah. So...
4: Yeah, I'm I'm slightly worried at how things are going to be phased back in with this whole pandemic thing because, I mean, going back to our first gig or just going back to shopping normally is going to be really weird um, and just getting used to being within closer proximities to people as well like at concerts or wherever. Yeah. It's, it's going to be odd.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, I think concerts are going to be like the last thing that really come back i think they'll start opening it up in phases and you this is going to be really i think we're going to see something really interesting develop so you're going to see every every uh like let's say every level of musician so like let's say you got like an ed sheeran that's used to doing like stadium shows they're all going to step down a notch or two. Like, if they really want to get out and play, they're going to step down a notch or two. So, like, you got Ed Sheeran, you might be able to go to the local auditorium or music hall and catch Ed Sheeran play. Just because if he really wants to play music, he's going to go where he's able to because doing the stadium shows right now just isn't an option. Yeah. So it's going to be a really interesting time. I'd say probably late this year and then we'll hopefully by early next year, we'll start going back in as far as like, as far as music goes, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, I can go to like a local rock club or a music hall down the street and catch a big name act. I'm probably going to do it, you know?
4: (laughs) Yeah, hundred percent. So, why wouldn't you
0: yeah absolutely um how's what have you been doing to kind of prepare for life after the pandemic now that you've got a lot more time
4: on your hands um so i've got a mix of things sort of lined up for myself um i've in, i mean during this whole time you get a lot of time to think about future plans um But I've been doing a lot of writing. Um, I set myself a challenge when all the lockdown started and I wanted to write as many songs as I could. So I've written quite a lot. Um, And hopefully at some point I can do a a sort of album at some point. But I'm also aiming towards a different sort of career aside from um, music that hopefully will come off in a couple of years' time. But we'll, we'll see about that later on. But, yeah, there's lots of things that i'm working on and hopefully in the next couple of months i'll be working on some merch as well so nice, nice. Yeah.
0: have you been doing anything to kind of challenge yourself musically like experimenting with a different sound or learning new instruments Any-
4: yeah 100 um i've been um well i need to start demoing all these new songs um obviously but I've been spending some time with like a loop pedal and just going through new ideas and how I can play things differently for gigs and things really brushing up on my live sets. And yeah, just trying to push myself a little bit further guitar wise as well, because I haven't been playing that long in the grand scheme of things in comparison to other things. Um, I think for me, the guitar is probably one of the hardest instruments I've ever picked up. So getting time to practice that has been really good. Um, also, just playing some piano and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it's it's given me a lot of time that I wouldn't necessarily have given myself before. Um, yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. Uh, yeah,
0: understand. Now, do you have the uh, capabilities of like recording yourself at home? Do you have like a little cheap setup that you can record yourself at home?
4: Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm so glad I started the YouTube thing a few years back because over time I've sort of built myself a little station where I can plug in my guitar and or set up a microphone or whatever and I can record anything I want to now whereas if I'd have been starting now it'd have been really difficult to find the funds to to build that up over time so yeah I'm, I'm glad I started it when I did and I'm able to then demo things properly and yeah it's, it's been something I'm really proud of
0: yeah and since it looks like things are going to be a little bit slower than everybody anticipated originally because i remember like back in end of march beginning of april it was like oh if this thing is still going at the end of april then there's something you know at least from where i'm at perspectively a lot of the people i was talking about like end of april and now it's like beginning almost beginning of june and it's like there's no nothing that's really looking promising. Have you Mm. thought about doing like a, like a quarantine EP, just like really DIY recorded in your?
4: I'd love to. Um, It's something that I have thought about and whether it goes on any longer, I think I will be releasing more stuff, whether it's just acoustic versions for Mm. myself, um, just to sort of get more things out there. But I mean, I was prepared for, us to be in this until June, I think, Mm -hmm. at least. Um, Because in the UK, I don't know whether you had them in um, the US, but in the UK, people have had shielding letters for, and it said, you can't really leave your house until 12 weeks time. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I thought, well, that's June. And I thought to myself, well, if people who are vulnerable, who are getting these shielding letters, then they don't plan on releasing much before Mm -hmm. June. so in my head, I'd sort of got that as a marker of, I'm in, in this at least 12 weeks, whatever happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've kept myself busy and set myself challenges, which is good. I've also got some fitness going on, so I'm not just going crazy in the house, yeah. which is good. Yeah.
0: I've recently just started dabbling in a little bit of fitness. Like I make it a point every morning to wake up and knock out a few push-ups and like just to kind of get the blood boiling and blood flowing and all that stuff because when i when the uh pandemic first hit it was just roll out of bed if i felt like it, take a shower and then go sit in front of the computer for 12 hours yeah and then like i noticed that like my feet just weren't getting circulation because my feet were just kind of like constantly going numb and i'm like all right that's not good like i gotta stand up a little bit more i gotta get around move around and so yeah definitely fitness is uh,
4: uh it's so easy to forget stuff like that just yep. getting up and making sure that you at least have a walk a day i think i really notice it when i haven't had a walk for a couple of days and i'm like what's wrong with me and my head's all over the place and i'm really grouchy and i realize that i haven't actually been further than my back garden so it's i think it is really important to to get out and about
0: i could tell that I was really out of shape because there's a, the way my apartment complex is set up. So you come in off the main road and then you got to come up a hill and then you, where my apartment is, it's like down in a ravine, like a, a ravine or a dry riverbed or whatever it used to be. So it's like you come up the hill and then back down the hill. And so like a couple of times a week, I would walk to the entranceway of the apartment complex, which isn't that far of a walk. It's maybe... 300 yards but you know it's like cool but now it's to the point where I can't even make it up the hill like because the hill is such it's such like and it's a pretty steep incline so like it's not completely crazy but like I get about halfway up the hill and it's like oh wow no and so like that's my goal is to get myself back up over the hill quarantine
4: it's it's crazy how fast fitness can go though i mean you spend months and months and months trying to get to a certain level of fitness and then it can go within a couple of weeks and you're like i did all this hard work for nothing
0: yeah absolutely and then one thing that even us as live and amplified haven't really talked about since the pandemic is the importance of mental health during all of this uh what have you kind of been doing to keep yourself mentally healthy you know stable all
4: that fun um I think for me social media does have a big impact um when I spend too long on it and I noticed that within the first couple of weeks of the lockdown that I was spending so much more time on my phone and I set myself a sort of time that I was allowed to sit on my phone a day because Otherwise, I would have gone crazy. I would have been like, everybody's doing all this stuff. Why am I not doing it? And making myself feel bad for not being productive or, yeah, just being really lazy on my phone, I think really affects me. Um, so I decided to sort of set myself little challenges every week. Whether, I mean, I did a song challenge for a month. So that definitely let me um, have a focus for that month. And then, I think just with the whole single release as well um it's given me a focus completely on my music business and where I go forward and I think that's really channeled my mental health it's given me enough stimulus to not overthink the other things that are going on not watching the news I mean the amounts of stuff that we watched originally was so depressing and I we turn it on at like five o'clock or when whatever the time would be that they'd come on the news and talk about all these people that have died and oh I mean I think about that all the time anyway they don't need to tell me on the news how many people are dying from it like the numbers were really getting to me so I think just stepping away from that and going yes we're in the middle of a pandemic but I don't need to be reminded every hour of the day what's going on Mm -hmm. because I need to focus on what I'm doing I can't I can't feel miserable all the time about it. So for me, it was just stepping away from all those external sources that could really fill me with just horrible thoughts. Yep. Um, and, and as well as the exercise side of things as well.
0: A- absolutely. You know, and it, like that that's the news's business is to present the information in the most appealing way that they can. And sometimes it just becomes like, yo, you know, and that's just too much it's, it's yeah. too much. like and this is coming from somebody that works in the news industry like that's essentially what we are and it's like i've i've watched reporters like present information and present it in such a way so it sounds like a bigger number than it really is and yeah. it's because it was like like it outside of the pandemic it was like okay um 27 people were, got sick from food poisoning. But they went to a restaurant that is citywide known for having bad health, like or having bad, um, getting people sick. So it's just like perspective on a lot of it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, oh, uh, and in our conversation last night, uh, you'd mentioned that it's mental health awareness week this week.
4: So, yeah, one of the days this week was Mental Health uh, Day. Um, and, yeah, I was I was telling you about one of my songs, Mirror Mirror. Um, and I I didn't even know that it was that day, but somebody reminded me in the week. And it's just, I think it's so important to talk about it and how important it is to check in with yourself of what you're feeling and what your body's responses are to feeling like that as well. I mean, you may not even clock when, when you're feeling a certain way until a couple of days after you've, you've been triggered. Uh, triggered.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So for me, I think I'm very conscious of it. I'm, I said to you that obviously the, the song Mirror Mirror is about um, my battle with anorexia and I've been very conscious of my mental health from my early teens so I think I've got that practice in place of making sure that I'm well and making sure I'm eating properly making sure I'm exercising all those sorts of things but I think if you haven't had that that education I suppose that if you haven't had that support or the counseling or whatever that comes with mental health then there are a lot of people that don't have that education to almost look at themselves and say what's going on? Why am I feeling like this? How can I help myself? Mm. Um, And I just wanted to sort of touch on that briefly and, and just hopefully allow people to look at themselves and say, am I feeling okay today? And if you're not, then what can you do about it? And do you need to reach out to a friend or a family or somebody externally? Mm. Do you need to eat a little bit more? Do you need to get off your butt and go out and go for a walk? Mm. All those sorts of things that, I think is very important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you you'd kind of touched on this a little bit, but what advice would you have for, like maybe specifically a younger musician that might be dealing with something mental health wise or anorexia in particular, like what advice would you have for them on how to open up that dialogue and maybe try and get help?
4: Yeah. um, It's a tricky one because especially as a teenager, for me, I was very, very reluctant to having help for a very long time. Um, And it was only when I allowed that help in that I could really help myself. Um, So I think turning to something that you can control, whether that's a journal, whether that's writing just a song or something creative that even if you're an artist or painter playing football or whatever if you've got something that you can do that you can almost stream your the way you're feeling through what you're doing um then that's the first step in helping yourself and eventually hopefully you get to the point where you you want to ask somebody else for help if you're in that struggle Mm -hmm. um but it's being brave enough to just step out and say, okay, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do with this. Please help.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And have you found that your music has been kind of therapeutic for you as far as a way of expressing yourself and maybe helping deal with some of the stuff that you've been dealing with?
4: Yeah, uh, 100%. That's the main reason I started writing lyrics in the first place, actually. I started writing lyrics a long time before I picked up guitar and wrote songs as a full. Um, I've been to a few festivals and seen artists singing about things that they felt passionately about. And I just saw it as a way of getting out how I was feeling without having to tell anybody or... Almost put myself in that vulnerable position. I could just write it out and it would be there on paper. And once I'd written it out, it almost felt like a weight had shifted. And every time that I felt like that, it was a way for me to s- survive essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it did take a long time. Um, but I'm glad I'm on the other side.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people in the chat will say they're glad you're on the other side as well.
4: Yeah, no,
0: oh. thank you. So as far as, um, actually, let, let's kind of stay on this topic of helping younger musicians. In general, what advice would you give to a younger musician that's maybe looking to start playing music or looking for a way to express themselves in the music business?
4: Um, I think one of the main things that I only recently sort of learned to do um, is actually reaching out to other artists and taking an interest in other artists music as well as just being so focused on what you want to do I think it's really important to network and make friends within the music community because as soon as as soon as you're on your own doing it and you're not supporting other people you've already lost I think if you almost support and stand by other musicians you can lift each other up and you can help each other out when they've got a single you can help boost it and the same as when like you've got a single they'll hopefully reach out and say this is my friend I'm so proud of her whatever and I think that's just so important I mean we all have a story to tell we've all got music to write about and there's not just one person at the top of the music industry either. There are so many artists telling their own story Mm -hmm. and it makes me, it makes me really angry with them when sort of people try and compare artists Mm -hmm. because it's a music industry at the end of the day. It's, it's where we should be supporting each other. There are colleagues essentially, and we should just be supporting each other all the way through. And jealousy is a huge, huge thing to overcome. And if you can control that, and almost put other people's feelings in front of yours, then you'll be steps ahead of other people who can't control that.
0: Gotcha, perfect. And what's the, um, when you went in, did you go into like a proper studio to record Secrets and Mirror Mirror?
4: Yeah, so one thing I wanted to do, when I first started releasing music I mean I'd never recorded something in my life I didn't have the equipment and I just thought if I'm starting in the music industry I need to put something out that I'm really proud of and I've worked with musicians that are much more talented than me and they really helped me understand the whole production side of things Um, but I wanted to put out a good quality product as my first product rather than just doing it myself and I mean so many people do that themselves and it's great and in some ways I could have done that but I chose to to learn from other people at that point. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing it in your bedroom and producing it yourself. I think you learn so many skills from that mm-hmm. but for me I wasn't confident enough to just sit and put something out that I'd done myself. I think I sat with a lot of um, negative thoughts about my playing and I was only a couple of years into playing guitar, so I was hopeless at playing in time. Um, So anything to a click, I just couldn't do. So I had to have somebody else there to play it. Um, But it's something that has really helped me develop as an artist. Um, And The producer Owen Jenkins at Studios, he is so lovely and he has the most amazing studio that he's built himself. Um, And it's just a beautiful place to create with other musicians. Um, But I've always been about quality over quantity. I don't want to put out too many singles. I'd much prefer them to be perfect before they go out than to, or at least not necessarily perfect, but something that I'm proud of. Um, And I think, yeah, I'd much prefer to take the time, make sure it's right, and then send it out than to keep putting things out because of the buzz of getting a response.
0: Gotcha. And what's the... uh... Going into a studio, what's the one thing you've learned about yourself musically as far as like as going into the studio helped you discover anything or have you learned anything?
4: Oh, so many things. Um, I think the main thing for me is to say what I like and what I don't like. I was so afraid for such a long time to not voice what I wanted because I was scared of offending somebody. And actually during the creative process, if you're in the studio, it's your time. And you get, if something's not right, you can say it's not right. Okay, there's a way of saying it's not right. And you can be nice about it or you can choose to be not nice about it. But I think it's okay to voice your opinion when it's making a product that essentially is is yours. Um, and I suppose for me, it's made me decide that, I can I can sit at home with the demo and record ideas myself, but I've also realized that going into a studio, somebody might have an even better idea than I've already put down, and having the ability to go, my idea is rubbish, take your idea, we'll run with yours, and being open to other people. Gotcha.
0: And has, as far as your musical aspirations, is the goal to eventually have like a full-time touring band or do you like doing like the solo
4: stuff? Oh, I'd love a band. Every time I sit in the studio, because we always record as a band um, live and then I do the vocals afterwards. But the last couple of times we've been in the studio, we've got all the musicians in the same room and they've played all at the same time. It's not been sort of separate instruments. Mm -hmm. So anytime they've been in the room together, I just want to get up and sing with them because it's such a great vibe. And... Yeah, hopefully, at some point this year, I'll get them all in a rehearsal session and be able to do a live session with them because I mean, it just brings the songs even more to life than I could with just my guitar. Um, and it's how I imagine them being played. So it's really magical for me. And hopefully, if people heard them live as well, they'd get an even bigger effect.
0: So, when you do live shows right now, is it, do you have the band with you or do you, is it just you doing like the solo?
4: It's just me at the moment because it's just me in my little car driving to all, all my different things. It, I don't have any team or anything behind me. A couple of people thought the other day that I had some sort of PR team with me. And I was like, no, nope, just me. Um, so it's for me at the moment, it's the easiest way to do gigs and put the guitar in the back of my car and just head off to a gig. And I can practice with my own time because the, the musicians that I worked with, a lot of them live Way So being able to, because they're full-time musician, musicians themselves, themselves, um, finding their schedule fitting mine is really difficult. Um, but hopefully one day we can get a sort of tour sorted and I would just love to get on the road with them. I think it'd be so much fun. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, the one thing I kind of want to uh, switch to is you brought it up earlier was your uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was, how long have you been doing the, uh, YouTube thing and what was the original idea behind it? Was it just something to upload music or like, what was the original idea behind it?
4: Oh, um, I suppose I'd seen a lot of, at the time I was probably about 14 when I first uploaded a song, but it was sort of me singing into a backing track and I just liked to sing. Um, I was just one of those teenagers that liked to get up and I wasn't one to perform in front of people but I was happy doing it myself in front of the camera um I enjoyed sort of the school talent shows but not in the sense of popularity I was not popular in school so it's it's more a case of just loving the singing and performing in front of people um but I much preferred sitting behind a camera and I think I still I still do love the whole sitting in front of a camera and making videos and covering people's songs that I really admire um but YouTube for me was I admired a lot of people sat on YouTube doing similar things whether it was vlogging, whether that's what they loved when I saw people doing something they really enjoyed on YouTube it made me want to do what I love and put it on YouTube and I just the whole community of youtube is lovely and they still are there are people that have supported me from day one and i see their comments pop up and they don't pop up anywhere else apart from youtube and it's it's really special to me that that's where it all started
0: and that that's the you brought up an interesting point there was that each social platform has its own community pretty much like if there's people that want you on youtube they want you on youtube you could have a really good following on youtube but an even better following on facebook but if they watch you on youtube they watch you on youtube which is yeah really which is a really interesting thing and i guess it speaks to kind of social media in general and uh, like the team aspect of it i guess um have you so you primarily, like, just kind of running through the uh, videos here, you, you're primarily just doing, like, the live cover. You're just doing, like, live cover songs, but you also have thrown in, like, a couple of vlogs and what have you.
4: Yeah, so the blogs were from a uh, theater tour that we did. Um, we went to Hong Kong with it last year, and that was such a big opportunity. Um, but I just wanted almost for myself to have a video diary and essentially for people to see what I do aside from music. Um, but I haven't done masses of blogs. It's not the, the sort of thing I necessarily want to go down okay. um, because it takes so much work more than anything else. It's like the editing time and everything that comes with that, getting the right shots. It's hard work and I take my hat off to anybody who does the blogging side of things because it's hard. Um, but I think for me, I just like to put out as regularly as possible just to keep people interested in my music and to almost promote the music that I like and give them a bit more exposure.
0: Yeah absolutely and I can I can attest to the uh, vlogging thing because anytime we go out on a road trip to go work with musicians that aren't local to us it's like oh hey we're traveling 12 hours let's do a vlog and show people like Hey, our life isn't as cool as you think it is because we're in the <laughs> car for twelve hours, and you know, um, and then just like coming back, like so, I'll have all this footage, and I'll come back and be like, no, I think I'm good. I don't want to, <laughs> like, I don't want to show people twelve hours of us driving in the car, like, like, <laughs> and we'll do different things to kind of make it entertaining and what have you, but just the amount of work, it's like. Eh, okay I I think I'm good but you know it's it's interesting that the people that do it they have it down to a science and they're like really
4: good at it oh my gosh if I mean it's a whole lifestyle in itself I definitely couldn't do it on top of any yeah you think everything I do here
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely um have you thought about like Experimenting with the type of content that you put out on YouTube, or is it just something that you do for fun and you're not really taking as a career goal to be a become um, a YouTuber?
4: I mean, I've never seen it as a sort of I want to be a YouTuber sort of thing. It's just something a platform that I've used over the years. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to sort of changing it up, and it's just become sort of the norm for me now. To, record a cover and put it up um but i think i'm always open to learn new skills and have a new way of looking about things so i mean if anybody is a youtuber that is a musician then i would gladly take some advice because i'm uh not necessarily a pro
0: gotcha yeah and yeah how often would you say you upload to uh, youtube right now
5: um
4: well? For a while, I tried to do weekly, um, but I think the last couple of years, because I've been trying to focus on my original stuff more, um, I've let that slip a little bit. But hopefully, I'll get back into sort of regular uploads as often as I can, um, whether it's weekly, whether it's fortnightly. Um, yeah, hopefully, regular anyway.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Um, and this one thing that, uh, it's been, I've been thinking about lately is the renaissance of great art that we're going to have after this pandemic. Cause I've been trying to, you know, you got a lot of people that are like being super negative about everything. And it's like, you know, just we're in this terrible time and it's, you know, and it's like, yeah, everything that we're going through isn't fun and it sucks. And there's going to be a lot of worldwide repercussions that take years for us to recover from if we ever can recover from it um but looking at all the musicians that are just especially musicians that are full-time musicians and now they have no income and they're trying to find ways of supporting themselves and all that stuff And they're sitting at home just writing, recording. Like if they have the ability to record, they're recording at home. And I think by the once this thing starts to tail off and things start to go back to normal, we're going to just have an influx of great music because people have been sitting at home crafting these projects for six months because they have nothing else to do. Yeah. So I'm really, like that's given me a lot of hope right now. I'm really excited about what's to come for a lot of independent musicians. And if
2: they're
0: smarter, and been like really building their social media presence and how however they feel the need to do that because there's a lot of people and there's a lot of different ways you can build your social media presence. If they can time their release right for new music, it's gonna be absolutely amazing
4: yeah 100% and I think people have been much more interacting with musicians which is lovely like to see from all aspects um just because people have got the time to actually sit down and listen to new stuff they're trying to look for new artists and it's interesting to see which ones are working really hard and which ones are sort of letting it slip a little bit because and I mean I mean everybody's got their own way of coping with this pandemic and not saying it's a negative thing at all but i think some people are almost taking the approach of i'm going to work even harder because that's my way of coping whereas other people are almost saying i don't feel like writing my sister's in the same position she's she's a singer but she doesn't feel like singing because she sings when she's happy and wants to almost perform for people and and put out that positive vibe and and without that audience side of things she's in opera so without the audience there, she's almost struggling because she doesn't do the whole YouTube thing. And that's a whole new ball game for her. People who haven't done videos or um, just any video content at all, um, it's a whole new experience for them and quite daunting, I suppose, to just suddenly have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I'm glad I had it beforehand and it's allowed me to work harder on the stuff that I'm doing. Absolutely.
0: Um, Going back to the uh, comment right here, uh, and going back to your YouTube channel, uh, David wants to know, have you ever thought about releasing videos on your YouTube channel talking about your individual songs and like what it means or what they're about or?
4: Um, I suppose I haven't really. I mean, it's definitely an idea to, to talk about them. I'm not. It's taken me a long time to actually talk about myself and not feel like I'm pushing my music out to people. It's, it's a skill that's definitely one that needs to be learned, for me at least, um, because naturally I'd much prefer to talk about somebody else's music and how much I love listening to whoever it is and talking about stuff that I've written and the things that I'm proud of is something that is coming slowly but not something that comes naturally so maybe that's something that i can think about for future videos
0: gotcha and so moving forward and looking at life after the pandemic um what's what's your aspirations as far as touring out like have you primarily been staying in wales to tour or like doing shows um but like moving forward where do you where do you see yourself kind of going do you want to start touring internationally you know all that fun stuff
4: um yeah i guess until very recently i've not really branched out further than wales i've done one gig in london and the old gig in bristol and in in the middle of nowhere sometimes in england but not anything that is a necessary tour um so it's something that I want to work on and branch out, but until this year I I haven't had the response necessarily internationally or whatever mm-hmm. until this whole lockdown. So it's been a real eye-opener for me to actually see that other people are interested in my music and it's not just people in Wales because I'm Welsh. It's yeah. because they've liked a the song they've heard and that's been really interesting. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'd love to get on the road with a group of people and just play a few shows, whether it's supporting another artist or whether it's doing a tour myself, I don't know. Um, but I'd love that opportunity once we can get back into gigging to, to find new people on the road as well.
0: Yeah. Um, not to get like too political, but this is something that's been sitting in the back of my head for a while and I've always been a little afraid to ask how is like the brexit situation kind of affected touring in the uk or is that honest
4: i have no idea um i haven't so i went to germany last year um i played out in berlin and that was fine because we we were still in the eu by then Uh um but i haven't ventured outside of the uk um since the whole brexit thing and to be honest, I'm not clued up on that side enough yet to to answer, but sure. I hope it doesn't affect too much, but I suppose we'll have to get visas and things like that at some point maybe, but so to be honest.
0: It's really like before it would have been a little bit, from what it, from what it sounds like before, when, before the Brexit thing happened, it would have been a little bit easier to say if you wanted to go to Germany and do a show. Whereas now it would be like the US trying to go to Germany where you have to go get visa, passport.
4: Yeah, I think so. From what I've heard speaking to other people, I think that's the process is going to go. But I mean, I'm talking from not knowing much at all. So um, I'm sort of waiting to see what happens first before. Well, I'm I'm not going to know until it's all done and we have to. Go somewhere, to be honest.
2: Okay.
4: Um, I think everybody else is clueless at the moment with the whole pandemic as well. That we're not getting any information about Brexit anymore. It's all about pandemic and how that's going.
0: Yeah, the pandemic kind of threw everything (laughs) upside down.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, it's it's interesting because it's like everywhere. Like, I've talked to several people that they're either from London or various places in the U.K. that had U.S. tours planned this summer that just got thrown to the wayside or a lot of U.S. bands that were going to tour the U.K., Australia, or Europe, you know, just wherever. And it's like, yeah, we lost a lot of money. We lost out on a lot of money doing that. And, you know, it it's not a good thing, but it's like hopefully next year, everything will kind of go back to normal and we can just kind of skip this year. Like, that sounds really weird to say, (laughs) skip 2020. Just
4: ignore it. It didn't happen.
0: Yeah. Oh, but then like also not to get too negative, but like, I don't know how it is in Wales, but like, we have a lot of venues here in the U S that just aren't going to reopen after the pandemic because they, they just can't afford to reopen or they don't have the money or you know just whatever uh, is that something that's been like a concern in the Wales or in the UK in general where venues that have closed down just aren't going to reopen
4: yeah um 100% I think there's not just within the music circles but in theater circles as well there's been a lot of venues saying they don't know how they're going to be able to open again after all of this and and that's big venues. That's like theatres that just have so many outgoings that they're not going to be able to stay afloat after all this. People aren't going to want to sit next to each other straight away and in a theatre setting and, and go back to normal. It's, it's not going to happen for a while. And I think that's quite scary for a lot of companies. Um, but hopefully in time, we'll see a lot of new venues opening and, yeah. and Different. I mean, the world's going to be completely different when this is all over. It's not going to be the same, and I think we're going to have to get used to a new norm. Um, but yeah, it's just sad that a lot of things are coming to an end that we never thought would happen.
0: Yeah, because I know, like, where I lived at before I moved here to Texas, there was it was a college. Like, I seem to move from college town to college town, so like the towns supported by the university and what have you. Um, and so I lived in Florida and the school there they had a bunch of they weren't like clubs that just featured local acts but they were they were big enough to support like regional touring acts or if like an independent national act would come through town they were able to support them um and they just announced i think it was yesterday or it was saturday that they're not going to be able to reopen and it's like you know those are like two of the biggest bar slash club slash music venues in town and they're not reopening you know yeah. it's so it's so sad but like then you think about it it's like well the infrastructure's already there so hopefully you would you would hope that somebody has the ability to come in and just kind of reopen it under a new umbrella
4: yeah I think hopefully at some point there'll be a sort of demand for venues as well, because if if so many places close and then people go back to normal and, and can't go out and enjoy entertainment, then they're going to demand that they want new, new things opening. So there will be, I think there will be the positive side of this that people will actually appreciate the music and the entertainment side of things a lot more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, Let's let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, as far as you personally, what do you when you're not playing music? What do you do? What What do you like to do for fun to kind of relieve stress and kind of get away? Uh, your mic, your audio's not
4: on. Go on. I love going to the beach where I live and just sort of going to new places and exploring. Um, I'm quite outdoorsy or I like to think I'm a little bit more outdoorsy than most um but yeah I think for me it's just getting out and doing things with friends and that sort of thing. I've also got a job um in a school as a support worker and basically um, sort of helping teach kids and um that sort of stuff, so that's really fun, and I get to do um, workshops with them, because if my training's in theater, I can do sort of musical theater workshops and stuff like that, so I tend to do that quite a bit, just to bring in some extra cash, but yeah, for me, it's just getting out and about, and doing all the things that I love.
0: Gotcha, awesome. Well, we just had a very loud thunderstorm start, so I'm hoping my internet doesn't give out on me. Oh no. Yeah, I, I was sitting here, I was like, Oh, my air conditioning's running, but what's that water running? That's a little scary. And then I look over into my bedroom because I can kind of see the back window in my bedroom and it's pouring down rain outside. And I'm like, oh no. Ooh. You're we're back.
5: back.
0: <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh yeah, and that's what I was worried about is my internet. Um <laughs> uh, so let's um so we'll kind of start working towards the end of this just because i don't know what my internet's going to do now
5: that's fine
0: um uh, what what do you hope so let, let's go back to your uh single secrets where can people find it to stream it and um all that fun stuff where, where can people find it
4: yeah so you can find it on my spotify on itunes down there's rosie kale r-o-s-e-y and then K L C A L E. So you can find it anywhere you want to download it. And if it's not there, then tell me off because it should be. (laughs)
0: Um, And what do you hope people take away from the song?
4: Um, I hope that it just hopefully allows people to be a bit more honest. Um, I mean, it's a song about betrayal and sort of the words that I wish were said um, in a difficult period of my time uh, in my life. So I think... For me, I just I I like to think of myself as quite an honest person, um, so I value that a lot in other people, and I just hope that it allows people to be a bit more honest with themselves and with friends, family, partners, whatever. Just being open and talking about things.
0: That's awesome, and uh, the kind of big question that we like to leave on. Um, and it, it'll it, hopefully it'll kind of wrap everything up into a nice little bubble but why music
4: I mean why not music <laughs> um, I I couldn't survive without music to be honest um, I turn to it anytime I need it in my life whether it's I want to celebrate whether I want to cry my heart out and I I just wouldn't be able to get along without it I sing all the time and yeah I think it's a way of connecting with people and making friends with people and just I mean part of the reason why I'm such good friends with my best friend is that we just enjoy all the same music and we go to concerts and listen to things in the car and sing anywhere and everywhere and I just think it's you couldn't do life without music you couldn't
0: And then uh, one question that I really wanted to to ask really quick. Uh, You're born and raised in Wales? That's where you're? Okay.
4: Yeah, Pembrokeshire-based,
0: yeah. I was going to ask how to pronounce that because I saw somebody (laughs) post in the uh, comment, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to sound really stupid because I'm going to (laughs) pronounce it wrong. And, yeah, because I was
4: going to
0: call it Pembrokeshire because the I – the eye seemed like it was a really hard eye and I'm like
4: I mean you can pronounce it however you want I'm not gonna tell you what. <laughs> oh
0: uh, that's funny oh uh, so how are what other than that you're doing fine or, or you're doing as well as you can during the pandemic uh, are you do you are you living with family right now or are you just kind of out on your own doing your own thing? So
4: I'm living with my mum and my sister and her fiancé are living here as well um, and they brought their two cats with them so they came for the start of the lockdown because they knew they'd be here for a while because um, they normally live in London okay. so they came down very very early on um, and they've been here ever since but I'm away from my partner at the moment he lives in the next town but obviously I can't go and see him at the moment but he's got like eight people in his household so if I was there as well I think I'd just overflow the place so yeah, I think just say where I am for now and keeping my head down is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on here. We, we got a little glitchy here at the end, but <laughs> I really wasn't expecting torrential downpour to happen this early, but <laughs> it happens. Um, so where can people find you on social media to kind of keep track of you any new music any potential shows
4: yeah um so i've got spotify itunes all those sort of streaming places uh facebook instagram and i do have a website rosykale.com, and you can sign up to my mailing list where um i've haven't started yet it's starting at the end of the month but um people can sign up there and i'll do monthly um sort of newsletters i won't spam people weekly i not i haven't got time for that <laughs> but yeah um Hopefully I can catch other people on social media.
0: Awesome, awesome. And then uh, do you have any shows that are far enough out that you think might have a shot or have you kind of canceled everything moving forward?
4: I haven't got anything as planned yet. So if anybody has any venues or anything like that, that you want to book me, I'm all ears. Okay, perfect.
0: (laughs) You know, it's one of those things where especially early on a lot of musicians kept some of their shows that would go into like June and July. Yeah. But now it's becoming like, no, those are falling off and getting canceled. And it's like,
3: Oh, well,
0: and I guess at this point, a lot of musicians from back in February didn't book much past July. So, you know, it's an, it's an interesting, interesting time that we're all in. Yeah. um once again i want to thank you so so much i uh, really appreciate yeah, it
4: thank you it's been so lovely to talk to you
0: yeah absolutely and especially with somebody that i pretty much live by myself i kind of live for these interviews because it's like
4: oh, <laughs> outside,
0: outside contact let's <laughs> let's talk let's let's not yeah amazing oh um, but yeah i want to thank you so much really appreciated the conversation uh, it was a really right. good conversation uh thank you for everybody that's been really active in the comments section throwing in new questions to kind of spice things up a little bit um but yeah thank you everybody for tuning in and we will see you all later once again shout out to rosie kale and casey yale for jumping on the podcast this week you know we had two amazing interviews back to back They were completely different as well. If you go and like listen to them, they're two completely different vibes, two completely different types of musicians. So, you know, that's what we really like to present here on Live and Amplified, especially on the Jam Session podcast where we can get two podcasts that are completely different or two interviews that are completely different. We love to showcase that. But I'm not going to ramble on too much longer because we are pushing two and a half hours. And, you know, we like to keep the podcast right around two hours. So we're into a bit of overtime right now. But you know what? Some weeks will be short. Some weeks will be long. And in the grand scheme of things, hopefully it'll all kind of balance out, you know. But um, this week, I was kind of contemplating on cutting out the uh, cover song of the week because I knew we were going to be a little long this week, but uh our good old friends over at dirty spells out in sydney australia they released a cover song this week and i had been talking to sarah about wanting to feature one of their cover songs on our podcast and so they had released this a couple days ago and i reached out to her and she's like hell yeah and you know all that fun stuff so i was like okay cool and i'd feel really shitty if i decided to cut it this week's but um this week's cover song of the week is going to be by dirty spells it is a my chemical romance cover which is really cool and I hope you guys enjoy it I'm gonna shut up and let you guys listen
5: Long ago, just like a hearse, yeah. Yeah.
0: Is Helena by My Chemical Romance covered by Dirty Spells. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed that and once again I just want to thank you all so much for sticking by us through this pandemic. It's been an absolutely crazy ride the last couple of months and honestly I don't see it stopping anytime soon because everything is just kind of in full tilt. I was talking to a couple people and And like their shows all the way to September are getting canceled. And it's just absolute insanity right now. And honestly, I don't even know if we're going to be able to get out anytime this year to produce new stuff, but hopefully soon we will, you know, it's really screwing with us. The goal was to get 26 episodes and we're sitting at 16. We need to get 10 more out and we can kind of have hit our goal of, Hitting 26 just because in my head, I believe of doing something consistently for six months. It doesn't become a chore after that because you've already programmed it in your brain to be something that you have to do consistently. And right now is really testing us because we just don't have the content and it's really hard for us to get in contact with people. But like I had mentioned earlier on in the podcast, if you're a musician and you happen to be listening to it this deep into the podcast and you're interested in jumping on as a remote guest, or if you happen to be coming through Waco and want to jump through some hoops and uh, be an in-person guest in the apartment complex here, we can definitely make that happen. We've done it so far. Um, Can't wait. continue doing this you know we really want to get back out on the road we have some thoughts and plans for june july august but we have to be really smart with where we go because right now it's not looking too good but i'm going to kind of shut up if you guys are interested at all in checking out what we do live and amplified.net uh check us out on facebook live and amplified Uh, you know, all the social media is live and amplified. So make sure you check us out anywhere and everywhere. And I just want to thank you all again so, so much. Really appreciate the love and support we've been getting. And I hope you guys will share the hell out of this. Please continue to share the podcast. We have an amazing lineup live cast coming up. We have an amazing jam session next week as well. So it's going to be absolute bananas for the next few weeks. You know, a lot of people during the pandemic are really starting to pull back and shut down while we're just going full steam ahead and you can't stop us. So we really hope uh, you guys will continue to support us. Please share. Please tell your friends about us. We're on the march to 7,500 followers by July. And hopefully with a little bit of luck and a little bit of motivation, we can get ourselves there. Uh, If not, you know, it is what it is. So if you are a a longtime supporter, please go check us out. Facebook, live and amplified.net, anywhere and everywhere. Please share. Please tell your friends. Please tell them to check us out on all our social media. Give us a follow. We're releasing daily content. So I'm going to shut the hell up because I'm starting to ramble and it's already over two and a half hours. I'm a little tired and I hope you guys have a good week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay groovy.